Do I need to greet a bear? Is there a bear for me to greet? Hello. He's here. <coughs> Hello, bear. If you want to greet some bears, I know I know a particular app that would be good for you. <laughs> I don't think the bears would want anything to do with me, and I'm entirely too lesbian for that. I don't. I think a you're underselling yourself, and b fair. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're you can right. like what you like, but I feel like bears would be, be totally fine with you. You're you're right. Like, you know, chubby butch dude, you know, there's there's probably some appeal there. So I just I don't know very many bear for bear. Bear for I don't know. I'm not fit enough to be an otter. I would not say you're a bear. Yeah. Uh, August. No, no, it's not that you're not fit enough. You're not you just don't have a bear vibe. No, I don't. I have a gremlin vibe, probably. Tuning into the Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is my uh, buff loving f- co host, August. Hello, I'm August. You can find me on the internet in many places at Harpydora, except for Live Journal. We've already. Uh, we've already determined that. Um, my pronouns are they, them, and I do indeed love me some buff ladies. Uh, let's see. Cartoon news. Is there any cartoon news? A uh, whole bunch of Disney Plus stuff got announced. Who cares? Yeah. Um, they're bringing... So here's my rant. Okay, I'm going to probably upset. I don't actually know if our average listener audience cares or has nostalgia for the X-Men 92 slash 97. Ugh, I do, though. The 90s X-Men. I, here is my thing. If you are nostalgic for that, that's fine. I understand that being part of your childhood, it's part of my childhood. Uh, And at the time, great interpretation of the comic book material. Like, doing classic Chris Claremont stories with the more updated style, fine. That cartoon looks like shit and the pacing makes me want to die so i saw an interesting anecdote um Mm -hmm. from twitter where uh somebody who like was majoring in animation in college said that the animation was as bad as the storyboarding was good on that show evidently the storyboarding was pretty good and that's the only reason it's watchable Oh, I, I, I imagine. I mean, also the phys- the actual stories are good. That's mm-hmm. the other thing that has to it has to do with it. But there's not one good fight scene in that show. The animation it, it's animated at, at like roughly four frames per second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I don't. Same with the Spider Man cartoon. Nothing like the only '90s cartoon. Like the Warner Brothers shit is the only shit that comes out of the '90s still looking good. Yeah. If Saban Entertainment had a hand in it, I guarantee you that shit looks like dog shit. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, And I just I don't see why 
if you're going to take the money to resurrect a franchise, like X-Men 97 isn't the one that I'm going to put my money behind. Because, goddammit, there was only one season of Wolverine and the X-Men, the best X-Men cartoon to ever exist, and I'll fucking fight you on that. Okay, I'm not here to tell you that it's the best X-Men cartoon, but consider this. They are trying to find a way to fold... Not not they, like, Disney specifically is trying to find a way to fold the X-Men as a franchise into its media empire in a, in a way that will hopefully have the most bang for their buck. And animation is cheap. It's a great way to test the waters. They're banking on a lot of nostalgia. They know their target audience. The like, thing is, it's the X-Men. It can't not make money. I mean, the the Fox movies ran that well dry, but a new... Honestly, I would have just preferred a new cartoon. If you're not going to, like... Because the the X-Men 97 cartoon got an ending, and X-Men Evolution also got an ending. Uh, And that's why I want Wolverine and the X-Men, because, like, the season ended, but they set up Age of Apocalypse, goddammit. Mm Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, so that happened. Um, I've got other cartoon-related news, and by cartoon-related, oh, I mean it's related to me, and I'm related to cartoons through this podcast. What's up? So um, I got hired on permanently at my job. I had been a contractor, and uh, now oh, did I'm you get officially... that email? Yeah, I got the email. I signed yeah. the papers. I quote-unquote start on November 29th, even <laughs> though... I've been working You'll there get, for nine fucking months. You will um, continue to clock in and out as as regular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, except I won't have to fill out a timesheet. But um, you just take the next four days off. Like you're not technically employed anymore. So. <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm I'm still technically employed. But um, so they, uh, I was talking to my boss, and I mentioned that when I got the letter. Uh, I was going to be drinking that night and I would be coming in the next day hungover. And he's like, I don't fucking care. You could drink on the clock as long as you get your job done. And I'm just like, sir, that is alcoholism. (laughs) Hey, listen, I used to drink on the clock when I was at a restaurant, worked at a restaurant. Sir, that is alcoholism. (laughs) I would like to tell you, I was extremely poor and uh, beer is calories. Uh, You're not wrong. The good the good manager would let like there were two shift leads. One was like the real like the guy who was like gunning to be the assistant manager of like the restaurant empire or what have you. Mm-hmm. And the other one was like a person roughly just out of college who was the shift lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one who was gunning like to be the re- like the guy who had been in the restaurant industry for a while. He was the fucking cool one. And we would check it because we, you know, we could drink like we got drinks for fucking free. They don't give a shit if you get a soda, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't give a shit if you took like the big 32 ounce cup and filled that shit up with Yingling because Yingling is cheap as hell. You couldn't yep. get anything other than Yingling because Yingling was the cheapest beer we had. But that's fair. I can see this. Yeah, that's that's understandable. 32 ounces is a lot of beer. <laughs> it really is. But then also you stretch that out over like a six hour shift. It's not mm-hmm. like and the styrofoam cup keeps it pretty cold. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so right now I'm drinking, uh, Kahlua peppermint schnapps and soy milk. Did I tell you about the new drink that I've discovered, the Sneaky Pete? 
Um, please share with the audience about the Sneaky Pete. All right, the Sneaky Pete is a white Russian, but you use rye whiskey instead. I'm a big fan of rye whiskey. So you mm-hmm. do one ounce of rye whiskey. Do not do two ounces of rye whiskey. It's too much. Rye whiskey is too hard of a flavor. Um, proof that shit up with two ounces of coffee liqueur as opposed to one ounce of coffee liqueur. So you kind of flip-flop how you do a white Russian. Uh, top that shit off with milk or heavy cream. I prefer milk. I can't not drink just a glass of heavy cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. The I end. I'd have to do soy milk probably, but yeah, I think that's fine. I just couldn't do like a heavy, like a heavy cream sort of substitute. Like that's just a lot, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you wanted to make it more alcoholic, I, I mean, real alcoholic, you could probably just top it up with Kahlua, but that's an expensive drink. Fair. And yeah. you will die, I guess. I think maybe that's a very alcoholic drink. I bet I could take it. I mean, yeah, but I couldn't drink like three. <laughs> Mm. mostly because i just don't think i could physically drink that much like milk-based product oh yeah i mean that's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm too lactose intolerant for that which is why i'm doing my quote-unquote right russian with uh peppermint uh with uh soy milk nice so i think i think a white russian with soy milk is totally fine yeah i mean it tastes it i would it do almond fine. milk because i like i prefer almond milk but that's just me that's my preference Almond milk's okay, and if that's what I have the choice of to not drink milk, I'll take it. But I, I genuinely like the flavor of soy milk. Uh, think, August, have you watched any cartoons this week before we continue just talking about drinks for yeah. the next 30 minutes? Uh, no. no. Um, you going to watch Cowboy Bebop Friday? Um, Maybe not Friday, but this week weekend i will probably at least do the first episode i'm getting my booster on friday oh so yeah good, I'm, good time to just kind of veg out and watch watch I'm, hopefully a good show i'm banking on being asleep by like six honestly because yeah. i'm getting it at one and i'm hoping that the the bad stuff will kick in <sighs> and i'll just sleep through the night because mm-hmm. that's basically what i did with my uh second shot anyway so that's fair um i watched just so many things um let's see what did i watch this week uh i watched hangman page become the aw champion that's great Fuck yeah uh big shout out to hangman page uh who used his bonus from being the aw champion to buy an electric vehicle and uh to encourage people to to switch to electric vehicles and help the environment he put steer horns on the front of his tesla it looks great that's fantastic uh, <laughs> i don't think it's his actual tesla but he did some promo pictures with it um let's see uh, i also watched uh arcane so it's the league of legends cartoon that's on netflix I've I've heard mixed reviews on that one. Please tell me your takes. Okay, so the first two episodes, I'm really di- I don't for so start off. I don't know diddly fuck all about League of Legends. I don't like to play MOBAs, uh, and that's not to say that MOBAs are bad. They're just not a game that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anything about League of Legends, so I'm coming in uh, cold to all of this world. World seems interesting. Um, it's obvious that it's a prequel series because I do recognize some of the characters just by like cultural osmosis. Mm -hmm. Um, 
first two episodes pretty good and then the third episode is good all the way up until the end when characters start making wild fucking decisions because it feels as though they had character backstories from the game and they had to work backwards to get to where they were uh the second set of three because they release them in blocks of three episodes mm-hmm. um the second set of three episodes okay pretty okay i do not like the character of jinx because it's a very bad portrayal of mental illness yeah Uh, like there's characters i like i like v frankly i like all of the characters i even like uh jinx when she's not when she's not being like schizophrenic manic pixie dream girl gross like and it's not even bad schizophrenia or di like i don't know what they're going for here uh she just hears quote-unquote voices and she acts wild right and there are better portrayals of mental illness uh in media and they could have taken their cues from the that um the last three episodes are coming out soon Uh, i am interested to see how those go um i mean it's a fine watch it's on netflix the art style is great Frankly, mm-hmm. the art style looks great. It's a mix of this painterly 3D and then 2D assets. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched something else that I distinctly remember being fucking shit. It was so bad it left your brain. I guess so. Um, about to finish up Gundam, uh, Turn A Gundam. Uh, this may be the best anime ever. (laughs) I don't mean that, like, (coughs) hyperbolically. The show looks good. The pacing is great. Uh, there's none of the weird Mm -hmm. Tomino-ness. It's great. It's, like, maybe the literally the best anime I've ever watched in my life. Uh, highly recommend it. If you've never watched Gundam before... This might be the good. This might be the Gundam to watch if you've never watched Gundam before, frankly. And it's given me quite a number of ideas for things in the future. Yeah, I <coughs> I need to watch it. I I've I've low key wanted to watch it ever since I got the soundtrack because like I was at a point in my life where I would literally, <coughs> if Yoko Kano did it, I would I would buy it. Um, and it's it's got a great fucking soundtrack. It does. I mean, it's just like it's the peak of late 90s anime where there's a few they're using 3D to create some interesting effects, but like they're not like it's just good. The pacing is good. The characters are good. Like mm-hmm. somehow between the end of Victory Gundam and in turn a Gundam, Tomino learned how to write people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's great, frankly. Um, I think that's about, uh, about it. Um, also big shout out to Ed, my boy, Eddie Kingston, (laughs) who had a match against CM Punk. He did not win, but he did great. And I literally keep thinking about, he opened the match up with a spinning back fist and it's, it's burned into my brain how good storytelling (laughs) is of that, just that one spinning back fist. Because he did it before the bell because he's impatient. Uh, uh, it's good. Great wrestling? character work. 
wrestling, wrestling good. is good for character work. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I guess we need to get into it. We're covering one episode of Steven Universe this week. Bismuth. Um, oh it is episode 98 slash 99. It, it covers because it's two episode length. It's a it, it, it takes up two episode slots on the thing. So it's episode eight, 98, 99 is Bismuth came out August 4th. Um, it was lit written by Lamar Abrams, Colin Howard, Jeff Liu, and Katie Mitroff. Uh, it actually has a great episode synopsis, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven discovers something the gems thought was lost to the past inside of lion's mane. Holy shit. That's great, frankly. That's phenomenal. That's, that's Builds like, intrigue, like gives you a vibe. Real yeah. solid. Oh my God, that's so good. Uh, I'm probably just going to kind of do a like extremely light overview of the plot synopsis here. Yeah. Um, Steven and the gyms, they're playing video games. Um, they're all watching him play video games because they're good moms. Uh, and, uh, at, at this point, Steven discovers that Lion is chewing on his shirt from the, what is it? The Thunderbird roller coaster. Uh, he yep. tries to take it away from Lion a couple of times, but Lion keeps getting at it. So he puts it inside of Lion's mane. Uh, while he's putting it inside of Lion's mane, he puts it up on a tree branch inside of the, like the island that's inside of Lion's mane. And he, uh, uh, the tree branch breaks and he falls onto the gym that's been bubbled inside of Lion's mane that's been there the whole time. Like it's been set up for a long time. Um, Steven pops out of Lion's mane and is like, oh my god, I fucked up so bad. Uh, so he dives back in to try and rebubble the gym and the gym begins to form. Uh, we are introduced to Bismuth. We get a late title card. It's great. Um, Bismuth is, uh, she's big. She's got rainbow colored hair. Uh, she wears an apron, but no shirt because fuck you. Uh, yeah. she's great. <laughs> um, through a series of events, Steven uh, pops in and out, uh, relaying information to the gems. Uh, Garnet and Pearl seem to to maybe recognize who this is, so they ask Steven to bring her out. Steven brings her out, and there's a big, tearful, um, tearful uh, reunion. Uh, we discover that Bismuth was lost at the Battle of the Ziggurat, quote-unquote, uh, and they never saw her again. Uh they go through and kind of bring Bismuth up to date. Like they introduce Steven, they introduce Amethyst. They talk about how they, you know, the, the gym war did not go the way they wanted to that, you know, the, they kind of won, but they kind of lost, uh, that Bismuth has been bubbled for 5,000 years. Uh, and that home world is again coming to attack, uh, earth. Bismuth is like, good. I want to fuck them up. Uh, and so her and the gems begin to train like they always have. Uh, oh, wait, nope, sorry. I skipped a part. They go to the forge. Uh, while they're going to the forge, Amethyst is a little sus about Bismuth. She's like, why has no one told me about this person if she's so important? Uh, while they're at the forge, Bismuth uh, gives weapon upgrades to everybody, immediately winning over Amethyst because she gave Amethyst a goddamn flail, uh, which I is probably the easiest way into my heart and into Amethyst's as well. <laughs> um, 
they go to train on the beach. This is a crystal gym tradition of sparring before a big battle. Uh, Steven is a little like he's like, this is a little intense for me. This is not how my training goes, which is fair. Steven's not into like big actual battle sparring yet. He, he's into like, you know, doing katas and, and you know, having fun with uh, Connie mostly. Uh, yeah. and, and, and Bismuth is like, well, what do you guys do before a big battle? And so Steven kind of like eases Bismuth into the ways of Earth, right? They're playing badminton. They're playing cards. They're making pizzas. Amethyst is deep-throating a burrito pizza. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, they play some video <laughs> games, and they watch Lonely Blade. Um, later that night, uh, Stephen is uh, kind of setting up a bed for Bismuth, and Bismuth sort of gives this monologue about how she met Rose and how Rose changed her life because before that she was just a like Bismuth's constructed things. They they made arenas, they made spires, they made the buildings that the gym empire used. And when she met Rose, Rose asked her what did she want to make, and no one had ever asked her that before, and it changed the trajectory of her life. Um. Uh, so she inquires about Stephen joining them and sparring. He's like, well, I really just have defensive weapons. Oh, and I have the sword. And we discover that Bismuth is the person who made Rose's sword. Uh, Bismuth is like, but you need a different weapon. So we go to back to the forge. Uh, we go down to Bismuth's, uh, secret, uh, weapons lab, I guess. Um, we're introduced to the breaking point. It's a big fucking, uh, needle that shatters gems. This is the quickest way. Stephen is off put by this. And he's like, we can't do this. Like, we can't kill. We can't shatter gems. Um, and Bismuth is like, why not? And he's like, well, it's just not what Crystal Jim would do. And he's like, uh, I'm a crystal. I'm more of a crystal gem than you, child. I know what a crystal gem would do. And he's like, it's just not right. And Bismuth is like, that's what you said here, like five thousand years ago, Rose. And Stephen's like, ah, fuck me. <laughs> and it turns out that uh, Rose and Bismuth had this exact same conversation about the breaking point where and then uh, they got into a fight and Rose bubbled Bismuth, uh, locked her away in Lion's Mane and never fucking told anybody about it. Uh, Bismuth is extremely upset uh, remembering these things, now believes that Stephen is Rose uh, and is attacking Stephen. They have a big fight. Uh, where Stephen finally stabs uh, Bismuth with Rose's sword, uh, and Bismuth—it's all very, very sad. Stephen is very upset about it, and he's like, "I wish she's like, I wish you have just shattered me all those years ago, because then uh, I wouldn't know how little I mattered to you." And Stephen's like, "I'm gonna tell all the Crystal Gems everything," uh, and then Bismuth says, "Before she poofs, you really are better than her." Um, there's not a lot of dialogue from there. Um, one would assume Stephen tells the gems about what happens. They leave Bismuth bubbled. Um, everybody's very sad. Star wipe the end. <sighs> Let's do this how we usually do things. And we've got a big talk. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about the things we like, and then we'll get into the big, the big points. Uh, late title card. Great. I, I continue to love Lion. Mm -hmm. uh, Lion is most cat. It's very good. Uh, the late title card is very good. <coughs> Bismuth is harpy bait. Bismuth, I'm not free on Thursday because I'm having my bestie over, mm -hmm. but I'm free on Friday. Please call me. Um, I wrote here, 
uh, when Steven says dying in video games uh, is emotionally taxing, I'm like, tell me about it, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm up to almost 400 deaths in our Odd World playthrough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very obvious Pearl has a type, huh? Uh-huh. Pearl is me. Uh, <laughs> Pearl and Bismuth definitely had a thing, didn't they? Uh, no, they did not, because like you got to remember at the time of the war, you know, Pearl was very into, into Rose. But maybe something will happen in the future, August. Mm. Okay. I mean that in the literal sense in Steven Universe future. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm here for it. I'm here mm-hmm. for it. Pearl deserves to have a, a large woman to carry her around. I, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Bismuth ain't going to be the only large woman that Pearl uh, has a thing for as the series continues. Oh, good. I'm so happy for her. Um, she deserves many large women to carry her around. Ne- I believe next season we're gonna do we're gonna get to the episode last one out of Beach City, maybe my favorite episode of Steven Universe. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I love how immediate uh, the vibe between Pearl, Amethyst, and Bismuth is. Not Amethyst, uh, Garnet. Like they immediately feel like old friends. Yes. Like they nail Which, that vibe. I think. <clears throat> yeah. And I think that that just kind of goes back to, you know, the way that Jim's experience time is very different. And so this isn't necessarily like yesterday for them. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like in Jim time, you know, timeline wise, like this may not have been very long ago for them. Well, like, that's they can well, easily pick it back up. One would assume Bismuth isn't the only like they lost a no- like outside of the mass corruption, they lost a number of friends in the war. Yeah. And so they've had five, like, it's one of those things of, like, your friend who you lost and you mourned and, you know, you established a life without them comes back suddenly and they're fine. They're okay. They're here, you know? Yeah. And not just, like, a friend, like, a friend you were deeply connected to, like, an OG Crystal Gem. Yeah. <coughs> I, I do like the lampshading, the, like, why didn't we hear about Bismuth sooner? But at the same time, like, we know that the gems are bad with, like, processing their grief. It doesn't surprise me that they didn't necessarily talk to Amethyst about their comrades in the war. I bet they don't talk about the war at all. Yeah. Like, I get Amethyst's frustration and her... Okay, I don't... We'll set aside her suspicion for now. But, like, I get her frustration with, like, feeling left out in mm-hmm. this and, like, feeling like, why didn't you say anything about this if it was so important? But, yeah, I feel like they don't talk about anything to do with the war that much, if at all. And so it makes perfect sense to me. It does not feel out of character that they just never mentioned Bismuth before. Yeah. Um, I hate how Amethyst eats that pizza burrito. <laughs> you don't you, you don't like watching her deep throat large things? No, don't. <laughs> uh, I've seen it a number of times on the internet. Still don't like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> though I did to, for the audience at home. I sent a picture that like I screenshotted that picture of Amethyst like swallowing that burrito whole, and I sent it to August with the caption "Me behind the Denny's with two werewolves." <laughs> yep. 
Uh, you can also find that screenshot pinned in the Gay Space Rocks chat in our Discord linked below. I pinned that so we can have it forever. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I cannot be trusted with the powers of a mod. Um, um, let's see, what else? Um, so this isn't related to the big discussion that we're going to have, mm -hmm. but I thought it was very interesting that bismuth as a as a metal has an incredibly low melting point. Yeah. Um, but she's a, a blacksmith. She's taking lava baths. Um, just very interesting. I, I seriously doubt that they didn't do their research on this. Um, I think it may be a matter of like showing how she's like, not what, she was originally made to be mm -hmm. is just kind of the read I'm getting on this. So what's but, interesting um, too, is I know this because Mary likes uh, Roxel quite a bit. Um, bismuth crystal, um, like the bismuth, like you see in bismuth's chest. That's not how naturally occurring bismuth looks. That's what lab grown bismuth looks like. Huh? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, theoretically, you know, most gems on Gem Homeworld are probably, you know, effectively lab grown anyway. So yeah, that's true. I just think that's. A, I mean, for one, uh, like normal bismuth just looks like a regular fucking rock. So like, of course, you're going to yeah. do the fancy looking version. Yeah, but I don't but know if that means anything or not. I I wouldn't put it past them to have done that amount of homework. Homework. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Like they they do a lot of homework on this show. I I feel like that's something. Yeah, you choose the you you choose the fancy looking one, but it also you know, it's it's cool that the fancy looking one also jives with like what you've set up with your setting previously. So um the music in this episode fucking slaps. Yeah. I mean, music always slaps, but they're so like, good at it. Um, especially the especially the forge and the you know both times we're in the forge like mm -hmm. so fucking good um i love the setup with the third time uh they do uh the setup with the the you know bismuth saying uh pleasure doing bismuth with you mm-hmm uh like steven like the third time is gonna be super funny and then it's very sad <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, very good. The subtitle, speaking of uh, the bismuth business pun, mm -hmm. uh, the subtitles actually, uh, the first time she makes that pun, the subtitles explain it, uh, which is kind of cute. Um, I think that's a very, a, a very cute thing to have put in the subtitles, especially if you don't necessarily know that bismuth and business sound alike. Right, for right. like hard of hearing folks. That's so, pretty cool, actually. Yeah, just uh, once again calling out how uh, how much better at uh, subtitle Steven Universe is than Owl House was. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, so, also a thing that I noticed. I don't know if this will play into our larger discussion. They never explained that, like the other crystal gems, they're not shattered. They don't explain corruption to Bismuth, I don't think. Because, no. like, I assume the timeline for this is, like, just 24 hours or some shit like that. 
Yeah, something like that. But no, they never do explain that. Yeah, I feel like maybe that discussion should have been had. It would have changed some things. Uh, yeah. Also, well, breaking point on the notes with that weapon name. <laughs> the Steven Universe writers. <laughs> no writers that use subtlety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Um. Steven's shoe uh, burning off in the lava is Steven's innocence uh, mm-hmm. burning away. Oh, that's good. I didn't actually think of that. Uh. Uh, I mean, I was mostly writing that down as a joke, but honestly, like, you know, he loses that shoe and it gets it, it gets dropped in the lava like right before he has to deliver the poofing blow to bismuth. So mm-hmm. um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I wrote Bismuth, I'm free Thursday a couple of times, even though that's a lie. I'm free Friday. <laughs> um, just uh, harpy bait. Uh, um, oh, um, so I did watch it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't pick up too terribly much else, but there were th- some things that I thought about writing down that but didn't uh, that I ended up writing down the second time. Uh, one of those things was uh, the kind of beautiful foreshadowing like they're not terribly subtle about it but it's still very good um at the very beginning when uh they talk about how bismuth disappeared at the battle of the ziggurat mm-hmm. um and bismuth's expression when that happens it's just like gotta love that foreshadowing of rose doing something horrible yeah um, yep um and um the dramatic irony which I don't know if I don't know if Bismuth necessarily knows that this is ironic, but like some of the ways that she talked about like Rose lying about her form makes me think that maybe she did know that Rose was pink diamond or suspect mm-hmm. uh, suspected, but her talking about Rose being just another court soldier is you know delicious, delicious irony. It really is. Uh, I have comments about that. Also, I would like to say that uh, Uzo Aduba, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, the voice actor for Bismuth. I fucking love that actress. She's in a ton of shit. Uh, I love her in everything she's ever been in. <laughs> she's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, apparently she's in the My Little Pony movie. The new one? I guess so. Huh. She's Queen Novo. A sea pony. I need to, yeah, the hmm. new one. I need to watch that, honestly. Like, I need to I need to get Anya to watch it with me, and maybe we can do a special episode of Equestria Gaze for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I genuinely do want to watch that movie. It looked very cute. Um, well, oh, do and we want to talk as about... Oh, she comes back Bismuth is, uh, she's in that... She's in that Dove uh, self-esteem project videos, too. So I'm looking at her IMDb page now. Uh, Uh, Do we want to talk about your comments on the uh, Just Another Court Soldier now? Or are they tied into... Let's just roll with it. Let's just... I have a section in... I just have a section of bullet points for the rant is what I wrote down at a certain point in here. So, yeah. um, 
And I really hate that the character that they spend the entire episode shitting on is the one who actually says and seems to at the time mean you can be better than Rose. You can be you. Like, that feels bad. I don't think that they're shitting on her. What do you mean they're shitting on her? We'll get there. (laughs) No, I mean, I I don't. I feel like that's like, obviously, it like, obviously, like the ending isn't great. But I so I have a quantifier for this. Like, all right. So here are my like my main bullet points. Right. Uh huh. Okay. So let's let's get into it. I'm actually they start, taking off they my start, hoodie. Yeah, they they <laughs> like we're gonna fucking fight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> August and like I are squaring gonna... up in the cartoon parking lot right now. No, we're not. We're not squaring up. I'm squaring up against Rebecca Sugar. Is what we're doing. Could be very well. Could be. Um. So, I think the key thing here is Bismuth is an original crystal gym who hasn't had the time to process what life after fighting constantly is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of what, like she's a different, she's a character from an entirely different world mentality than we're, what we're used to seeing. Yes. Um, and while I'm not like a huge, like the ending of this episode rightfully i think you can rightfully criticize the writers and rebecca sugar though i guess she didn't write this episode specifically because they're not listed on there uh but obviously as the directing producer wrote the episode bible obviously has known about like we've seen bismuth bubble in that bubble since literally season one yes um the episode bible is very extensive and they've had a lot of it they had a lot of it worked out from the jump um and it's very obvious that they at least knew what all the big points were going forward for a long time. Uh, and this episode could like definitely could have been handled better, especially for like such a predominantly black coated character, though. I would like to note that it's not Bismuth isn't our only black coated character in the show. No, um, but it's it's not that it, it's not that I, she is black coated. Yeah. It's like the specific way that she is black coated and the way that she gets portrayed that makes me deeply uncomfortable. That's you know, that's fair though. I do think part of this episode, looking at it in a broader context of the, uh, of the series as a whole, uh, which obviously you don't like, this is not like a, a criticism of whatever you're going to say, because you're coming at it from like a, like I've watched, this is me looking like taking a macro view out of it and how it fits in the, the entire storyline from like, you know, beginning to end. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think the point of the episode is you're not supposed to feel comfortable by the end of this. I don't think you're supposed to feel that anybody was in the right at the end of this, that Steven had to make a choice that he didn't want to make at the end of this. And you're supposed to feel bad. Now, I don't think they executed that perfectly by any fucking stretch of the imagination because they could have done a goddamn better job of it. Um, and they, and I do, I do want to stress that this is not the last time that we see Bismuth. That all of these conflicts that are brought up in here are points that get brought back up a number of times during the series. Um, but also, at the end of the day, the series' is like thesis is like conflict, like physical conflict, is not a way to build a better future. Uh, yeah. 
and they stick very I don't necessarily believe like me as a person does not believe with believe in that fully. But yeah, if I were teaching, I, I would like to teach somebody, the people below me, the the tools that I've acquired to be able to create that sort of future. That's an idealized future. Mm-hmm. And in fiction, it's nice sometimes to just build the idealized future. And the thing with Steven Universe that I like is that Steven is the platonic idea <laughs> yeah. of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not easy for him, which is a thing that I, I do enjoy. And I don't think this was an easy, I know for a fact that we're going to get to it in later episodes, that this was not easy on him by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do kind of hate that they're, they go for the, like, she was right, like, she has the right ideas, but too much, like, old trope. But also, a lot of the anger and conflict that happens at this end of this episode isn't necessarily about the disagreement about using the shattering point. It's that she was lied to, her fundamental ideas of herself have been stripped away by this person that she idolized who lied directly to her fucking face. Or she's perceived as lied, and did, in fact, lie to her fucking face. She just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Um... And that's where a lot of that, because like, if you're if you're bismuth, you don't quite understand the concept of children, and Rose lies like she's breathing. There's no way because she does. Yeah, uh, I also wouldn't fucking trust anything Stephen says. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, so most of my problems mm-hmm. with this episode lie at the Doyleist level. Like, diegetically, I understand what they were going for. Mm-hmm. But from the the const- the actual construction of what they were going for, I feel like they failed. And the way that they failed was so spectacular that I felt bad by the end, but not for the reasons they wanted me to. I think that's fair. I think because I can look at it in the totality of the show where they do a lot of like it it's nice to have two more seasons of this show to be able to do cleanup work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and this this by no means is is me saying, oh, I'm done with this show. Like I'm I'm not I'm totally in this show. I'm invested. I want to do I want to watch more. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to stop me from being like, whoa, hey there, this isn't this isn't good. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it's a like it's far from a perfect execution. I can knowing enough about the the end of the show and where the kind of how they re not rejigger but they they tighten up the storytelling that they did in this episode because they did get criticism and I feel like they listened to some of that criticism for sure. Uh cuz I feel like they fix some of these character issues and also there are revelations that will come that while you know part of, you don't know the full extent of that radically redefine what happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. Which is why I suggested to August we might come back and revisit Bismuth at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, and and that's fair. I'm totally down for that. Bismuth, I'm free on Friday. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, again, But yeah, like, like I said white. to you in our, yeah, like I said to you our, our message, like, the episode still has to stand on its own. 
like mm-hmm. uh like when you're doing episodic content like while it can be part of a whole it does have to stand on its own merit and i yeah. don't think that it it does not effectively convey the things they want to yeah but you can see yeah. what they want to do they just don't yeah. do a good job at it yeah there's so like Again, this this feels like a sixty percent from the the crew universe, but it would still be like mm-hmm. a ninety percent from lesser shows. So we'll just go ahead and get that out there. The only reason I'm so critical of this is because they're usually better than this. Uh, so looking at this episode, uh, like looking at the writers for this episode, uh, I believe there's either one or two, at least half of this write like writing staff. I'm trying like not to make it broad generalization about folks here uh but at least half of this writing staff is not white and lamar abrams himself seems to be a black man um so that is i think that's an interesting thing to think about when talking in the context that doesn't just it still doesn't feel as though the episode hits in the way they want to yeah Uh, but there was a black voice in authoring this story which and and that's goes against a lot of arguments i hear about like Again, th- this is, I, you know, because I, I ingested the show at the height of its thing. And I've been told a number of times that the Crooniverse cat, like, writing staff is a bunch of white people, which seems to obviously be not true. <laughs> yeah. um, and, I mean, again, yeah. Rebecca Sugar, I, I believe, is Jewish. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We've talked about this before, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know. Obvious, obviously, I mean, a Jewish experience in America is not the same as like a, a a black or person of color in America. But, you know, you get what I mean. It's it's still a yeah. marginalized identity. But at the same time, one marginalized identity isn't equal to another. Right. And Though, like also Rebecca Sugar wasn't one of the writers on this episode. Yes. But also like. I'm not sure that 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 knowing that there was a black a black voice on this, the writing staff for these episodes makes me feel any better because it's still, I'm still deeply uncomfortable with the ways in which Bismuth was coded as black while also being like, there are a lot of stereotypes around black people being super aggressive. And while like black people should be allowed to be aggressive, like, she is ultimately the antagonist of this episode in ways that make her aggressiveness like painted in a different light and make it kind of uncomfortable watching it. And like, again, I'm white, so I need to stay in my lane, but my lane can and should involve being like, Hey, this doesn't feel right. Right. I just feel like it's probably important to point out that there was, was that yeah. but i also agree uh especially because like bismuth is a not just black coated but a black coated female coated character yes there's so many tropes about the the so-called angry black woman yeah and like so much of this episode so i get what you're saying about Steven Universe kind of being like the platonic ideal and wanting to teach younger generations that, you know, physical violence doesn't have to be the answer and that, um, you know, there is a better way forward. And I get that. But also, like, 
the fact that Bismuth is coded as a black woman makes this smack of respectability politics it in does. a lot of ways. It very much and does, that, especially because Bismuth has, has the tired ideology of like the right thing, but too much. Yes. And, and I, that's the, like, I feel like if everything was different, but her, but the conflict, if she presented the, the, the breaking point, and the conflict wasn't that Steven didn't want, like, if she didn't keep harping about, like, Rose not doing what, doing enough, right? That the actual conflict at the end wasn't about the breaking point, but that Rose betrayed her. Yes. I, her, her anger is justified at the end of the episode, but the yes. language that comes out, the lines don't hit it the way that it needs to because bismuth isn't really mad about the breaking point <laughs> because her yeah, final monologue reveals her true feelings yeah and and like here's the thing like she's mad but i feel like all of her anger is justified she's yeah. been shat on by society she has every reason to hate the gym home world and the gym empire right. like you know it's her anger is completely justifiable and in my opinion, utterly reasonable. And it feels like the narrative is painting her as being wrong for having the feelings that she's having. Right. And, and I think if they had just framed it differently, that her, like if they had brought it out at the beginning of that end conflict, that her anger is at being betrayed by Rose. Mm -hmm. Not about fucking how like the ideological differences that they had but like the real emotional core that rose betrayed her in mm -hmm. the most vile and poisonous way mm -hmm. like that would have i think that would have really helped to fix this it definitely would um i think that and i get like in she can still be confused she can still attack steven and it's, yeah. I think it's important that Steven has to do something like this in his journey. Yeah, no, I... I, I just wish like, it didn't have to, like, I just wish they had done it this way. Yeah, I, I feel like this could have still been effective if they'd made one of any number of changes. Mm -hmm. But and as I, it's it stands also, right now, like... I would like to state that it's also easy for us to sit here and armchair quarterback this. Well, yeah, I'm not... But, so, so but, I don't feel like media criticism like this is armchair quarterbacking yeah. necessarily. Like it's important to be able to look at media and be like, "Hey, you didn't do what you set out to do." And and I mean that is something that's kind of cool about looking at things that failed because mm -hmm. one of the ways that one of the things that makes a piece of media fail at its purpose is it being able to see where they were going and how they didn't get there. Yeah. Which, you know, is it's fun to talk about and and think about and, you know, kind of tear apart. I don't think it's really fair to what we're doing here to say it's armchair quarterbacking. No, that that yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't mean that to be as dismissive as it hit came out there. Uh I'm just like one to like writing a show is difficult. Um, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, also, this is like Every every time we've gotten into a discussion like this about Steven Universe, uh, their misses hit so much harder than everybody else's hits. Like, yeah. 
Like, let's yeah, talk yeah. about bismuth. Like, let's frame bismuth, this one twenty-two minute episode against basically the entirety of the Legend of Korra. I'm sorry, I'm coming yeah. for the Legend of Korra, everybody out there. No, no, no. I because like every I said, one of their villains is this. Like I said, this mm-hmm. is this is a sixty percent for the Crooniverse, but it would be a ninety percent for most other shows. Yeah, exactly. We just expect more out of them. Exactly. And uh, like the oh, yeah. Another thing that I think makes me feel so frustrated with this is coming at this from a 2020s perspective mm-hmm. where we've got the incredible the incredible rise of fascism that you know, admittedly a lot of people were saying was on the offing when you know Steven Universe came out. But which, you know, it's here. It's coming home to roost now. And Mm -hmm. so some things that, you know, came out in the the Steven Universe era, including Steven Universe, just don't age well in that kind of political climate. Right. And again, they're also they're writing this episode at least a year before it ever came out, too. Yeah. And so it's like you've got a show that is it is an ideal and I would very much love for that ideal to be true. But at the reality that we are currently living in is you've got to punch a fucking Nazi. It's because true. that's the only way to get them to stop. Yeah, for sure. For and fucking sure. You you have to meet a Nazi on their level sometimes. And mm-hmm. there's, I'm not saying that there's no emotional toll to that, but that is not something that, you should necessarily feel that bad about. Yes, exactly. Not, I would like to clarify, uh, I know August well enough that August is not somehow comparing Bismuth to a Nazi. <laughs> no, I'm comparing yeah. Bismuth to, you to know, a person a, an fighting. Antifa. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Bismuth, so. Bismuth is very clearly Antifa. Yeah. Like, she, oh, she very to, much wants to fight the fascist empire. The, I, the damn I, empire is fascist. I have to interrupt you, August. I'm sorry. I've got this thing in my mind. I forgot to put it in my notes and it just came into my mind. Anybody yes. out there listening who can draw in roughly the Steven Universe style, if you can make me a picture of, like, Bismuth with, like, one, uh, one hammer hand and the other hand a sickle that I can hang on my wall, I would fucking love this. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> this is a thing I have wanted forever and I've thought about commissioning a number of times. I will pay you. I will pay you money <laughs> for it. Uh, I'm not asking for free labor, but if you could draw it for me of like hammer and sickle bismuth, that would be the peak. I will put that shit on my wall. I will wear it on a T-shirt. I'll get tattooed on my body. I'll help fund this. Hmm? I'll help fund this. Like, fuck, I want that too. Next next season, Nick Gage intro. Effie's going to be on the show. Communist bismuth. (laughs) Yes. But no, like uh, legitimately, the the Jim Empire is fascist. Yeah. Bismuth is is anti fascist. Like we, I just want to be be very explicit. We are not calling Bismuth a, a yeah. Nazi. I just I I didn't think I obviously did not think that you were doing that, but I felt like the clarification maybe needed to come in. Yes, I mean, admittedly, if you've been around for this many episodes, you probably know how we feel about fascism and Nazis. We, and we also, could pick I up a first not, listener this week. We don't know. I just you know I. You're right. You're right. And you know what? First listen, first time listener, I would never ask a Nazi to call me. I'm free on Friday, but Bismuth, I'm free on Friday. Yeah. Um. Um, uh, So 
I would like to talk about what they at least like the parts that I do think hit very good here, which is all of the Rose shit uh, in yes. how Rose. It, so here is my my big listen, especially watching it on a second playthrough and knowing what happens later in the series, especially like with the Rose reveal a the the fucking like she was a court soldier and she decided to be different. Mm, fucking mm, good. Such good shit. This show's doing real good shit with their character lore mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. right there. But uh, and Bismuth says a line that literally sounds like Rose could have said it. Um, and it's the line like you're different and that's what makes you so and that's what's so exciting. That's literally a Rose Quartz line. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. I think that Rose believe like I don't think that when Rose talks about people act self-actualizing, realizing the thing that they want to do in life and having the freedom to pursue those things that you can be different from what society tells you you can't like you're supposed to be. I think that Rose believes that that is true, but does not believe that that is true for her. And because of that, she she inwardly projects a lot of like self-hatred. And because of that, uh, she creates this web of lies that tears through and destroys everybody the fuck around her. And that's not a justification for her actions. I will tell you as a person who's been real depressed and hated themselves and built a web of lies and hurt a lot of people with it, um, that that is not a justification for the actions that you have. But fuck, is it good character writing? (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, like, reasoning is not justification. And and you're right, like, it's... It's really interesting to see the ways in which Rose continues to hurt so many people with who she chooses to be and how that manifests. Right, because if Uh, she just told the truth, Bismuth would understand the conflict then. mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to shatter the diamonds because I am a diamond. They're my family, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe that I can talk like I can get them off this planet without having to murder them. Also, from Steven's perspective, we he knows and we know that shattering a gym is not the same as killing them. It's, in fact, a fate worse than death. (laughs) Yeah. So but I feel like if you explain this to Bismuth, like, hey, when you shatter a gym, their consciousness is just broken into a thousand lonely pieces. Bismuth be like, oh, shit. Fuck, that's a that hits real hard. (laughs) Yeah, um, I I do want to to go on a, a mild tangent. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, uh, for another thing that I didn't care we never, about. We never go on tangents on this show. Yeah, no. So mm-hmm. I hated the ending. Um, like I get not necessarily being able to add Bismuth to the cast because of her guest voice actress. Yeah, but Peridot tried to kill Stephen. And she gets to live in their barn. Stephen actually said out loud, most gems try to kill me before they become my friend. Yeah, it kind of sucks that Bismuth is the one that can, like, she does come back, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I I, I really think that it's part contrivance because we can't get, because I I believe that uh, Uzo is actively doing Orange is the New Black at this time. Yes. It's just, it sucks. Yeah. Because it sucks because the, the, 
there are there you know she's not the only black coded character in the show by any stretch of the imagination but like you know the fact that she gets saddled with the angry black woman trope and then like gets punished for that yeah in this manner is very frustrating like like if she'd said something like you know mm-hmm. uh you know, said something about like not wanting to be around anymore. You know, she, I mean, she said, you know, you should have shattered me, but that doesn't like, I, I think I get what following like, it if up they had with, maybe made said a line, like I'll never forgive you or yeah. made it seem as though she was like a, a like would be a persistent threat. Yeah. Cause like, I can understand but, the gyms protecting Steve, like, making that to protect Steven, right? Yeah, but as it is, it made it sound like, honestly, like if Steven bubbled her and took her back to the Crystal Gems and told them what happened and she reformed, like, it it should have been fine. Yeah. Like, they've let people stay in their barn for less. Right, like, they could have, the, the Crystal Gem, like, Pearl and or, Garnet could have probably talked to her. Yeah, or or if she'd like reformed and just been like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do this, and just like stayed in her forge. Yeah, or she goes like, lives at the barn with fucking. <laughs> well, I'm just talking yeah. about ways to to keep her out of the picture because they can't get her voice actors back. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, she's just like, I can't do this. Just leave me here. Yeah, and you know, she just stays in the forge. For however long until she comes back, you know? Yeah, that's that's fair. And they could have, when they bring her back into the show, they could have done exactly the same thing that they do when they bring her back into the show. Uh, just mm-hmm. leaving her bubble does, is not a great resolution to it. Um, no. Though I guess it does solve a lot of problems about like, oh, what? There are some things that happen in later episodes where you would be like, wait, why did Bismuth not show up? Mm-hmm. Even despite like not liking like not not wanting to deal with that shit so maybe that was why like Mm. so but i don't give a fuck about plot hole bullshit like that personally so i watch the marvel movies and never ask why the other fucking superheroes aren't here yeah because i know what the fucking story is i know what storytelling is this isn't cinema sins no it's not but it's just like like I said, I'd left this episode feeling bad, but not for the reasons they wanted yeah. me to. And I could see, I can see the reasons they want me to feel bad, but because I feel like they fell down so much, I didn't feel bad for those reasons. Yeah. Like. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they didn't hit the mark and you can see what they're going for, but they just, they get real fucking close, but they make. They make some tired storytelling sh- decisions. Yeah, that exactly. That I feel is like, yeah. Um, I have a, a good point in my notes. <laughs> I I just read do bring it, back it, to it. my things like uh, so, so. I think when Bismuth is right that like Stephen is better than Rose, obviously. Um, oh yeah. But I think it's because of like that point that I brought up earlier that like Rose believed that everybody had the capacity to change, but she did not believe that about herself. But Stephen doesn't carry that same sort of hate, like that same sort of self hatred that leads him mm-hmm. to like put up a persona. Stephen is extremely genuine, and I think that's the real yeah. superpower of Stephen. Um, is that he can connect to people. He allows himself to connect to people and allows himself to grow and to change. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm fine with I'm honestly fine with Stephen being like this isn't a good. He's 14 fucking years old. We all said dumb shit when we were 14. Yeah. Um, like he doesn't have to have a nuanced understanding of politics. He's 14 and the protagonist of an yeah. anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not diegetically mad at Steven yeah. for anything that happens. Right. Like he's perfectly reasonable for not wanting to consign people to a fate worse than death. Yeah, I like, honestly, with context of like everything that went on with the gym shards, I, you know, I would also be like, yeah, shattering people real bad. Like, yeah, it's worse than like, you know. Yeah. Like. Like, like I said, diegetically, I'm not mad about what happens with Steven. Diegetically, I understand why Bismuth is the way she is, because, like, she is, you know, she doesn't even know the war is over by the time that she comes out, because when she got bubbled, like, the war was still happening. Uh, She doesn't know anything about humans, because humans had barely existed by the time that she got there, um, and certainly not existed to the capacity that they exist now in close contact with the crystal gems. Like, you know, it all makes sense. And like her anger at the home world completely makes sense. Like, um, so yeah, it just, uh, uh, it's just, it's just from the episode construction perspective that I start to get really frustrated. Yeah. They, they definitely, I mean, I would prefer, I guess, for them to take big swings. But if you're going to take a big swing like this, you need to be able, you need to hit the mark. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to hit a home run, but at least get a, at least get a double, you know? Yeah. Because they came real close to like, I mean, I still think this is a, it's a very important episode in the cosmology of Steven Universe. Because uh, yeah, a lot and, like this is, a, again, another tonal shift uh, and thing like it. Well, it feels like a special things are still like things that happen here are still extremely canon. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it felt like a special not because it was outside of canon, mm-hmm. but because it represented like some major revelations. Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, it definitely lent some gravitas to the fact that Steven has like effectively killed up close and personal now. Yeah. Uh, Cause like <laughs> up until this point, has Steven even really poofed? He had to have poofed like, one of them. Oh, I, like he ha- by himself. Well, no, I, I was, cause I was thinking like the sand thing, but he didn't, he talked that one down, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know if Steven's poofed anybody. (coughs) Like, he may have, he's definitely helped poof corrupted gems, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he has ever personally by himself poofed anything. Yeah. Oh, would you like to know a sad fact? Sure. I love being sad. Biggs, one of Bismuth's friends, is the the brown monster that uh, Jasper has locked up right now. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, wait, haven't I heard Biggs before? Isn't that one of Jasper's other Jaspers that she's being mean to you? Yeah. That sucks. (laughs) 
I that just sucks. I, I I expect more of Steven Universe than a story like than a conflict that can be resolved with a conversation because that's literally their deal. Yeah. And if they had, I feel like if you explain some extra context to Bismuth, they're like. So they're not shattered. They're turned into monsters. That would have probably made her more mad at the, the diamonds, justifiably. But then they're like, yeah. if Steven had been like, we can't shatter them, not because it's wrong. Like, it's wrong and this is why it's wrong. Yeah. Because we know that yeah. shattering gems isn't killing them. <laughs> yeah. Now, admittedly, there's every possibility that Bismuth might have been like, it's what the Gem Empire deserves, uh, which would have been an entirely different tone, Mm -hmm. but also still would have made me feel shitty about the whole situation because of just like, again, the whole right idea, but too far or right idea, but unhinged. And, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it just, so, it's not not great, right? Like, no. I feel like maybe, like, with that conversation, we could have gotten to, the like, the resolution that you had of, like, there's a big fight, and then Steven maybe explains it to Bismuth, and Bismuth being like, I understand why you can't use this, but I cannot, like, I can't deal with the diamonds that way. I'm going off to my forge. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I guess I guess ultimately the the one of the the big plot points was probably that Stephen had to poof somebody and have the the effectively have somebody else's blood on his hands and his hands alone and also, see up close and personal how physical violence can change somebody when it's a sapient being mm-hmm. and not just a cluster of gem shards. Right. Also in the next four episodes, and particularly the last two episodes of the season, we're going to get a, a revelation that is going to uh, shake Steven to his very core when it comes to shattering gems. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now, given it will be in context of what Steven knows at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but it will fuck him up. So that will be fun. Um... But yeah, so very, very uh, conversation uh, stirring episode of Steven Universe. Yeah, I feel like we got two episodes worth of conversation out of one episode. And oh, yeah, I think we got three episodes of conversation out of one episode. Yeah, it like, again, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm frustrated with this. But that's only because I know this, the Steven Universe can do better. And this isn't me throwing in the towel with the show. This is me being frustrated because I love this show so much. Mm-hmm. And I want to continue. And and while I know you know that, I just want to reiterate for the audience that this isn't me being angry or, or like, negative about the show. Yeah. Like we're not we're not cinemasins. I don't hate the show or anything like that. And there are still some really great parts of this episode. Um, yeah, and in Bismuth. Like, yeah, Bismuth in general. Like there, the this continued characterization of Rose, mm-hmm. especially like rewatching it with like a lot of context, is like goddamn. Was Rose just the saddest war criminal? Huh. Love me yeah. a sad war criminal. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, 
I I I know that I would love Rose if she weren't a mom. It's true. I I you like some moms. I mean, I do like some moms. You like the boss, but like I do like the boss, but <laughs> it's because she gave birth I to just, the best child in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Steven deserves better than to to be the legacy of Rose Quartz. It's true. But I think that's what you're supposed to think about Rose Quartz, though. Yeah. yeah. You're, <laughs> like, the show continues to be, like, because I, pe- people complain about, I guess, like, I've seen, not our audience, our audience is good, um, but I've seen complaints, for, like, people talking about Rose Quartz and how, like, she's bad or what have you and the show never deals with that i'm like are you watching the same fucking show as me rose quartz is idealized and that's supposed to be the bad part (laughs) like the the like she is not supposed to be like like she is supposed to be disappointing and bad and shitty and she probably got better in the later stages of her life, like before she became, you know, gave up her physical form to become Steven, she seemed like maybe she learned some lessons, uh, but still couldn't let go of some shit, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, when you're as old as she is, like letting go is probably hard. mm -hmm. And they're just fundamental, like fundamental beliefs that she had about herself. She could no longer deal with, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I guess could deal with, but this is the hurt. Like her idea was like, I, I am going to do the thing that I've never allowed myself to do, which is change. Mm-hmm. In into Steven Universe, I guess mm-hmm. it's very complicated. I try not to think too much about it. The show really does not want you to think too hard about it. Yeah, which is, you know what? Fair. Sometimes you just got to hand Fair. wave a sci fi thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm like particularly editing this week's episode of Dumb Kids where Danielle's like, don't stare too hard at the sci-fi thing. It'll fall apart, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I I listened to that. It's it's true, though. Mm-hmm. It's very true, especially like don't stare too hard at the children's media sci-fi sci-fi thing. Yeah, because Steven Universe, while it loves lore, it loves lore in a character building sense. It could give less of a shit about some of its sci-fi ideas. This is a show that's driven about characters and character conflicts, which is probably honestly why they fall apart more often than not when they try and take these big political swings. Yeah, that that makes sense. I I I would hazard to say if they had kept this as a more personal conflict between Bismuth and Rose, I think it would have turned out better. Yes, 100 percent. Um, but I would hazard to say that Steven Universe is sci-fi in the way that Dragon Ball Z is sci-fi, which is to say that there are sci-fi trappings to serve the the random bullshit that it needs. Right. Vegeta has shown up. This show is now Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But yeah, Bismuth, Harpy Bait. Oh, yeah. Bismuth deserves better. Bismuth does. Deserve- um, Bismuth does get better. Good. I'm glad. Um, They, I feel like they do, I don't think they ever fully fix this episode, though this episode does sit different in context to the whole, the wider part of the show. I still don't think they Mm -hmm. ever fix, (coughs) they kind of gloss over the like, right thing, but too much thing, because they, I think they realize they sort of fucked up later. 
but you can only yeah. like the only way you can walk it like either you can do a big long diatribe of trying to walk it back or you just have to kind of like reset the character and move forward if you're going to continue and yeah. they kind of do the second thing because it's easier and they only have 11 minutes an episode um and it's fine and after that bismuth is good i mean bismuth is good now i believe bit bit i agree with bismuth i am like i'm yeah. on side bismuth here steven is a 14 year old kid he does not know what the fuck he is talking about yeah like again in an ideal world like steven universe canon should be the way forward but in the year of 2021 mm. almost 2022 you know it's it's vastly different right. landscape and and this is still this was a true con like a true criticism of it in 2014 2015 Mm-hmm. I again am looking at you the entirety of the Legend of Korra. Uh, I got yeah. so mad because I had never, I never watched the Avatar shows, so I only started rewatching uh, the because Le- I started watching Avatar and I'm like, uh, this is a little bit too much of a kid show for me. I know it yeah, gets, it starts I, off pretty juvenile, and I didn't want to just skip two seasons or what have you. So I'm like, I'm just gonna go ahead and start the Legend of Korra because like I know enough about the lead like the last airbender that i bet you i can pick up on the pieces and it seems to be geared toward an older audience which it is um yeah but then i realized every bad guy is just he's got the right idea but too much literally every bad guy is like that uh and it made me so yeah. especially when i got to the like the badass monk dude uh in the se- i believe the second season i'm like I love this guy. What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. Um, I will say that you can't really skip seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, I figured it's, I uh, figured not because they they built on things. That's why I just kind of went ahead and just jumped into The Legend of Korra. Because I'm like, I bet you I can pick it up with like the context that I have. Yeah. Which it was fine. Like they're new characters, they harken back to old ones. But I knew enough, you know. I know an Uncle Iroh. You know, I know who. Uh, I almost called him Sans. <laughs> Ang. I mean, I don't know why. Why I called Ang Sans? They are not the same character. You know what? You know what I what I want mm-hmm. though is I want a sports anime set in the Avatar universe <laughs> of that that stupid fucking bending sport. Yeah, it seems cool like, as shit. It seemed cool as shit. I wanted like a twenty-six episode run of a sports anime of that. Like, we if, should. If the Legend of Korra had been that. We so you know they've got that legend. Like they've got that Last Airbender uh, RPG coming out. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I backed it, and as far as I know, it's PBTA, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could we could make we this could just, happen. Yeah, we could just do it, or or we could just be the radicals from the second season of the Legend of Korra, but now we're the good guys. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, we could. We could. There's nothing stopping but, us. Um, the only thing that's stopping us is the amount of free time that we have. Oh fuck, you're right. That is definitely stopping us. <laughs> that would probably be a fun have, live stream thing because I feel like that that that's got a broad enough appeal that we could pull some people in. Yeah, we could we could do like a like a six part mini series <coughs> or something. Yeah. That could be fun. We yeah. played Pyre. We basically know how to play that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, though, my drink is empty and I told my boss I'd be hungover tomorrow. So I need to I need to fix that. 
I th- well, do we, I think we I, I think we we've talked about as much about as bismuth as as we're going to. I think we're just going to yeah. be reiterating the same points. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard. It, like on one hand, I'm like, this episode didn't hit as good as it should have. But like on the other hand, I'm like, still a good episode of TV. Frankly, like yeah. If it if it if this were an episode of Dragon Ball Z, it, it would be like the best episode of yeah, Dragon Ball Z ever great. made. Yeah, like if this if this were an episode of a different show, I'd be like, oh man, this is so fucking good. It sucks that you know they they fumbled Bismuth's character, but this was still a really good episode. Um, we're actually, frankly, the next. I think next week we're just like you and me are just going to be like in heaven because next week we're covering episodes 100 and 101 we're only doing two episodes again uh we're going to do beta and earthlings we're finishing out the amethyst v jasper arc yeah yeah baby this is it this is the shit we want character conflict like i love steven universe when they try to get when they try and do deep political analysis they seem to fumble more often than not uh but man do they do character work that is what they are fucking good at and there's a lot of I'm delicious so character work coming up. And uh, after that, we're going to be doing episodes uh, 200 or 102 and 103, Back to the Moon and Bubbled. Once again, August and I are going to be standing up, wilding out on, on those two episodes, I believe, as well. But for different reasons, in sad ways. Hell yeah. I love being sad. The, prepare for four episodes of being sad. I love this. Oh, oh, Beta has like one of my favorite scenes between uh, Peridot and uh, and uh, Lapis, I believe. So. Oh, is it the sad cowboy music? <laughs> no, no, that's much later. Okay. Uh, no, this I'll, I'll tell you to when we, we when we hit stop. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, check us out on our shit. We're playing Oddworld right now. Uh, we'll still be playing Oddworld by the time you hear this. I'll almost <laughs> certainly be at 500 deaths by the time you hear this. Um, <laughs> uh, so check us out on Mondays while we're doing that. Um, anything else happening on the streaming? Uh, on the streaming side? No, uh, we just finished the, uh, does anyone remember Bob miniseries? Mm-hmm. Um, we need to archive I that all to YouTube. I am very sad. Yeah, I'm very sad. You can still catch the last two episodes. You may be able to catch the first two on the VOD still. Yeah, they um, should still be on the VOD because we have the premium, like we have the Prime subscription for that. Mm-hmm. So our our VOD lasts but, longer. Yeah, but um, that was some really good stuff. Uh, there was a lot of really good body horror, but a lot of good character stuff. I. I expected it to be more horror than it ended up being. It just ended up being a lot of like introspective character stuff, which turned out really good. Um, Overall good shit. As long as you can stand body horror and the content warnings that we go over at the top of every episode. So good stuff. Um, Let me see when this is coming out. This is coming out next week. So um the Monday after you're hearing this, uh, the first episode of FTL's 2021 Hanukkah special will be going out. Uh, let me tell you, it was fucking wild. <laughs> so um, look forward to that as well. Um, 
I continue to, I'm going to continue the campaign of trying to get Effie on this show. Effie, please come talk to about Steven Universe with us. Uh, tweet at Effie. That would be great. Um, or Max the Impaler. I like Max the Impaler quite a bit as well. <gasps> Max would be pretty dope. That would be cool, but if they were on our show, I would probably die. <laughs> I would die if Effie was on our show. We really need to get that Nick. We need to get the Nick Gage thing done before season four starts. We do. We do. Um, MDK all fucking day, baby. Uh, but yeah, so we're we're getting to the home stretch. Uh, again, tell no one has commented on this. Please tell us if you want us to watch the rebuild of Evangelion movies or the Matrix trilogy. Uh, cause we cannot watch both. We do not have the physical, st- like, stamina to do that. Uh, and is the Utena movie available on the YouTube? Ooh, that's a good question. We'll figure out where the Utena mo- I know it's somewhere. We'll figure out where you guys can watch it so you can watch it with us. Um. Uh, Funimation Now. Oh, I think you can watch it with ads on that. Yeah, so uh, I have the DVD, mm-hmm. but also uh, I don't have my PlayStation hooked up yet, so I may be watching it with ads on Funimation now. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we can find it someplace else, August. I encourage you to Yaku also find it on rules. some other other places as well. Um, but uh, I think you did it last time, right? I did. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, I encourage you to be like Cookie Cat, uh, and accurately represent yourself to the people that you love so you don't destroy their lives by accident. Peace. Peace. <laughs>